Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hi, ladies, and welcome back. Before we dive into a new episode, I want to quickly tell you about my partnership with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an easy-to-use client management platform where you can manage contracts, invoices, and workflows, track your time, create automated processes, and even create a customized portal for your clients to access. It's got everything, and I've partnered up with them to bring you an incredible offer. Just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link in the description to get 50% off your first year subscription. I love using HoneyBook for my business, but I love to save money even more. So if you need a client management software or have considered making the switch to HoneyBook, now is the time. Again, just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link and save yourself $200 while simplifying your life. I promise you will not regret it. Welcome back to another episode, ladies. I am so excited about today's show because we are talking all about money. I know that we've had a few episodes surrounding money, but they are always some of my favorites because I know that sometimes it can be a tough conversation to have, but it is something that we all want so badly for our businesses. Everybody wants to make more money and not have to put in more time and effort into their business to make it. So today I am very excited to be talking with business coach and money guru, Monica Shaw. So before Monica started her own company, she actually received her MBA from the Kellogg School of Management and even worked as a brand manager for L'Oreal Paris. But now she does something totally different and she teaches entrepreneurs how to turn the work that they love into a profitable and sustainable business. She walks women through a step-by-step process of building, growing, and expanding their businesses to six figures and even beyond. And that is totally what we all want, right? More money, scaling to six figures, maybe even more. So today we are going to get her story of how she did that with her own company and her tips for how you can focus more on those revenue generating activities and becoming a money magnet. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we are definitely excited to have you. I'm really excited to dive into this idea of becoming a money magnet because I know that is something that all of our listeners would love to be. But before we do that, can you tell everybody just a little bit about you and who you are and how you got into your current line of work? Yes. So I am a, so what's, I'm a business coach and I help women entrepreneurs be able to double their incomes within 12 to 18 months. And I do that by working 
on money, marketing, sales skills, and also I'm a healer and a clairvoyant and an intuitive. So I also look at what are the blocks that are helping people that are really keeping people back. And, you know, for me, this started your, my, I wasn't so good with money when I started my business. So I started my first company and within a year of starting it, I was $25,000 in debt. And it wasn't because I was spending money on things that were frivolous, like clothes or shoes, which I absolutely love, but I was actually spending it on real things like uh, training for my business and trying to figure things out and, um, and supplies and, and trying to make it work. And I was getting more and more upset and that my confidence was getting more and more like lower and lower because I just, the, the, the debt just kept increasing and the debt itself didn't scare me because I think that for most businesses, you have to have a certain amount of debt in order to get started. Like the money has to come from somewhere, but I was just really freaked out about the fact that I didn't know how to pay it off. And I meet entrepreneurs that are in this position all the time. There's just this low level chronic money worry that exists all the time, even when you have the money, frankly, but, and it comes from this place of not knowing where the money is coming from, like exactly how to make it. And so for me at that time, I started to do whatever I could at the beginning um, at that, during that first and second year to generate money. I rented, I sold things on eBay. I did focus groups. I rented my apartment out on Airbnb. And there was a particular uh, two week period where I had literally rented my apartment out every single day and was sleeping in, I'm from New York city. So it was, and people in New York don't have huge apartments. So I was sleeping on my friend's couches. I was sleeping on my friend's floors. And I finally one day got myself all packed up and, um, and was going to go back to my apartment, got off the subway station at the, at the BDFQ on 63rd street. For those of you that are from New York, um, I, as I stepped off the subway, I had two bags on one arm, two bags on another shoulder, a bag across my chest, and then um, a roller bag that I was carrying. And I proceed to start walking up the subway stairs, and I'm slowly walking up the subway stairs. And New Yorkers, who you know are the nicest people on the planet, are rushing by me and knocking bags off, and um, and the roller bags falling down the stairs. And I'm like trying to get up to the top of the stairs, and I get there, and I had chosen this particular subway stop for one reason, and that's that it had an elevator and an escalator. And I look to the right, and the elevator is closed for that day. And I look to the left and the escalators closed off for that day. And I look in front of me and there's four more flights of stairs to get to street level. And I just had this moment where I stopped, I put all my bags down and I got really, really tired. I could feel the tears start to come from my eyes. And I did what is unthinkable for most New Yorkers or most people which is that I sat down on the subway floor in that moment. You know you've hit rock bottom when you sit down on a New York subway floor. And as I'm sitting there on the floor with my bags strewn totally around me, New Yorkers are walking by and they're trying not to uh, stare at me, but they're completely staring at me. And I'm just this sort of disheveled mess sitting in the pile of my bags, tears rolling down my face. And I got really clear at that moment that I, ha that I have to do something different because I was working, I was saying that I was an entrepreneur and working 
you know, 80 plus hours a week so that I didn't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. But I wasn't making it work. I had become a literal bag lady for my business and shuffling around, trying to figure it out. And it wasn't working. And I gave myself a year to figure it out. And if I didn't figure it out within a year, I determined that I would go back and get a job. Now, I know many of you are probably like me and that getting a job was not an answer that I wanted to take. It wasn't a solution for me because I didn't want to be told what to do. What to do. I didn't want to give up my mission, this thing that I always wanted to do on the planet. I wanted to do the thing that I was born here to do and yet I just couldn't figure out how to consistently make money from it, how to sustain myself on it. And I was in a position where I wasn't able to get money from other sources. I was completely dependent on myself to make this work. And there was a time limit on, and, a, and an amount of time in which all those credit cards were going to be full if I didn't figure it out. Um, and so what I did is I went back and I started learning. I have my MBA from the Kellogg School of Management. Um, I worked at L'Oreal Paris as a brand manager for a couple years. And I started to, to go back to my to my learnings at L'Oreal, to my learnings at my MBA, I hired business coaches and marketing experts. I went back to my father who owned a company and sold it when I was in college. Um, and I started getting help and advice. And what I really got clear on was that first, most of the advice and help out there in the world, and this still exists today, is about tactics and strategies and not about how to make money. So you might learn how to write an email funnel or how to shoot a series of videos or how to do a launch. But none of them talk about how, what are the consistent foundations and steps that you need to be taking to generate money consistently in your business. There was a huge gap out there and it took some real trial and error for me to put it together because it's not, it's not spicy. <laughs> it's not necessarily interesting or flashy in terms of like, making money overnight, but there is a system and a process that I discovered that helped me to consistently make money. And when I finally figured it out, um, I was able to pay off the $25,000 in debt within uh, a year, put $7,000 in the bank. And then I doubled or tripled my revenue every year after that. In 2013, we crossed seven figures as a coaching company. And we've been a seven figure coaching company ever since. And I think the thing that makes me most excited about our work now is that I get to teach this method. It's a, to everybody, all of the women and a, and a couple amazing men that I work with. And my real mission on the planet now is to change the money conversation on the planet so that we come from a place of abundance um, and possibility instead of a place of scarcity. So that at this point in time, Whenever my goal for any woman that I work with is that if you have a desire, you now have the system and process to generate the money to make that desire happen. And it's never, and it's not about having to try and hope and pray for it, that it's actually a way that you know that you can ensure yourself to go ahead and generate it. Wow. What a story. First of all, I just want to say congratulations because not a lot of people hit seven figures in their business and then stay there. I mean, that's just really incredible to begin with. So congratulations, first of all, on that. Thank but you. secondly, I just want to mention something you said 
kind of more at the beginning of your story, which was that you were working, you know, 80 plus hours in your business to avoid working 40 for somebody else. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I know there's, there's got to be somebody listening who's in that same kind of place and, and really, you know, feels that deep in their bones when you said it. So I'm glad that you mentioned that and you mentioned that that's kind of what made you realize that you needed a change and you needed to do something different because it was burning you out and it wasn't working. And I think we can all kind of relate to that feeling of needing more, but not having more to give and needing more out of our, our job choice and our industry and the life that we've chosen, but not having anything else that we can possibly put into it because we're so tired and we're so exhausted and burnt out. So, you know, kudos to you for just realizing that and realizing that you needed something different and then saying, okay, you know, what do I need to do to make that happen? And giving yourself a deadline and, you know, finding mentors and advisors who could help you through that and give you advice and finding a need in the market that just wasn't filled and that you could fill. And I always love hearing these stories of entrepreneurs and especially just women, because I think it's just awesome when women step up and say, hey, I can run a seven-figure business too. That's, I, I think that's incredible. But I love hearing these stories from both men and women who they hit that sort of rock bottom moment and then they said, you know what? No, I can do so much better than this. And then they actually follow through and do it. I just, I love hearing that. I think it's incredible. So huge kudos to you for figuring all of that out and then making it happen. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it took a lot of energy and effort, but I think, um, what I love about it, it is, is that it's now my life's work is to help entrepreneurs figure out the money piece of their business. Um, clearly the struggles that I went through to get there are what prepared me to be able to see not only the clearest and easiest path for business models, which I work with now, but also to be able to uncover for people the, the sort of beliefs that are sabotaging them along the way. Absolutely. I love that. Love it. Well, let's dive in because I know this idea of becoming a money magnet is really enticing. And I'm sure our listeners are probably very interested in leaning in right now because money is something that's just, you know, we don't want to talk about it. It's so tricky to get for some people. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners just really have trouble, not necessarily even making money, but keeping their money and, you know, having a cash flow all the time and being able to actually invest in their own business and, and do all of these things. And so money's just kind of a sore subject for a lot of people. So I love that you're kind of breaking those barriers. You talked about wanting to, you know, create a new conversation around money that the world is having and come from a place of abundance. And I just love all of that. Um, so let's dive in. Let's talk about this process of becoming a money magnet. I know you've mentioned that you know, several times and it's something that you talk a lot about. So can you just kind of explain what does that look like? What is that process? You know, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think becoming a money magnet, it's, it's a fun way of thinking about how do I attract more, um, both from an energetic perspective, but also from an action perspective. And I'll talk a little bit about both sides of it. So the way I like to just sort of describe the combination of this is sort of there's the warrior side and then there's the goddess side. And the goddess side is 
looking at it from the view of how do I receive more? How do I stop pushing? How do I pull more? How do I be in the energetic place of being a container for more money? And when you're looking at it from that perspective, uh, the the thing that you want to start to be aware of is what are the voices in your head when it comes to money? And that starts with asking yourself the question of when I was little, what was money like for me when I was growing up? What was said about money when I was growing up? And also, like, how did my parents and family spend their money when I was growing up? And what happens with these things is, is everything that from the ages of zero to seven, you're like a sponge. And so everything that you see, hear, and experience around money, you absorb without even knowing that you're absorbing it. It becomes a, your, that then becomes the foundation of your habits, your beliefs, and your value system. And essentially becomes the foundation of your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind drives 80% of your actions. Um, and some you would even say 99% of your actions without you even realizing it. So for most of us, we have voices in our heads, money voices that are driving us to take actions in our business um, or not take actions in our business. And that is causing us to be, you know, to repel money without even realizing it. So for example, I have a client who um, she's a, she came to me and she was working on a film. And it's a really great film. They had uh, done the majority of it in India and it had been uh, really long in the production of the film, like maybe a 10 year production period. And she was really struggling to get it to the film festivals and get it out in the marketplace. And when we talked about what had happened around money when she grew up, it came out that her parents had always said, if you are creative, then you're not gonna make any money. So if you choose a creative endeavor, you will be poor. And so she had, that had become a voice in her own head that was driving her. And what was that was causing was that she never stopped working long enough to focus on this movie and get it done. And it was always this second place, second place, even though it was her passion, it was what she felt like she was put on the planet to do. It always took second place. So we created, we, we realized, oh, that's the money voice that's driving this show. Um, we cleared that money voice. We first had awareness around it. Second, it, any belief is a decision. So she decided to make a new decision. And the new decision, the new money voice was, if I am creative, or when I am creative, I make an endless and infinite amount of money. And she started to believe that. She made the decision to believe that, put that belief on multiple pieces of paper, put it around her home and her work. And that allowed her to take the decision to, to take time off for four months, get the movie done. It ended up getting into film festivals and getting into distribution in theaters. And, it fine, and she had completion of this beautiful project, all really based on changing that money voice. So that's the first piece of becoming a money magnet is doing some inner exploration. And I want you to understand that if you're on this call, no matter what level of business that you're playing at, um, you're going to have things that are getting in the way of your generating more money, especially 
and it, and it happens over and over again, meaning like you, you may clear the voices in your head that are preventing you from generating 50,000. But then when you get to 50,000, there's going to be stuff that, that is there that is new, new level, new devil that is preventing you to get to a hundred thousand. And then even, you know, when you get to a million, if you want to go to 5 million, right, there's going to be voices that you have to uncover that are, that are preventing you from going to that next place. Um, so it is a constant endeavor to be looking at where, what are my money voices saying about this new level that I'm playing at and what are new money voices that I need to create in order to propel me forward. Yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that problem. They have that money voice that you were talking about that maybe not even necessarily only from their childhood, but also from whatever they did previously. I know a lot of entrepreneurs came from a corporate setting or, you know, they had some job before what they were doing now. And, And so I feel like a lot of the time it's not only that, that how did you grow up kind of idea, but it's also what was my life like before I started this business? What was my life like before I started this side hustle? And it's, so it's kind of like you said with your client, things just keep getting put on the back burner that shouldn't be. And I I feel like that's the case for a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'm really glad that you mentioned, you know, that success story of your client for having sort of revamped that mindset and that money voice that she had, because I think that's the problem a lot of entrepreneurs are having and definitely a problem that they don't know how to get past. And I think it's, it's one of those situations where you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't hear that said, then it doesn't even dawn on you that the way you grew up might affect how you use money and how you save money and how you spend money and your previous job or the life that you had before you started a company might affect the way you handle money now. And so it doesn't dawn on you until somebody says it. And so I'm glad that you mentioned it because hopefully it's a little bit eye-opening for somebody listening that they do have that problem. It is an area that they need to work on and that they are going to have to do the mindset work first. Cause I think a lot of times we don't realize that there's mindset work surrounding money and you do have to be open to actually receiving more of it. You do have to be in the mindset that you're able to make it, that you're able to save it, that you're able to spend it on the right things. And there's a lot of pieces that go into that. And I think a lot of times, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, we have these big financial goals that we're trying to reach in our business. And because of that, we're looking at the goal and we're saying, okay, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And we totally forget about the mindset work and, and those beginning steps that need to happen for us to actually start achieving that goal. Absolutely. And really what it comes down to is you can push yourself through anything. Like you can brute force getting yourself to look at your numbers or brute force selling. But what I've come to realize as an expert in this and having coached thousands of people is that if you're struggling to send invoices out on time, or you're struggling to raise your prices, or you're struggling to ask for money in a sales conversation. A lot of that is related to a money voice that's in your head that's holding you back that you may not even be aware of. And that's the key piece is that it it's not like you can, 
this is only half of it, right? Once you get aware of the money voice, then you need to take an action. But this is the half that makes your life better. <laughs> it makes it simpler so that you don't have to brute force your way through it. When you understand the why, like the, when you can shift your belief around doing it, suddenly it makes it a lot easier to take these money-making actions. And then I think that the, the next aspect of it that is important also is the warrior aspect, right? So what, once you've worked on your beliefs and you're clearing a, a path and creating a container to become a money magnet, the next piece is really taking the actions to do what is required to become a money magnet. And the reason I call it the warrior piece is because ancient warriors had discipline and focus and structure and training and coaches. And they didn't question that things weren't based on did they feel like doing their exercises? Did they feel like going into battle? Did they feel like doing the things that were hard? It was based on the fact that they did it. They woke up every morning and they did it. And that's a big piece of uh, doing the actions to generate money. The number one way to make money um, and the only way to make money is to ask for it uh, and asking for it is in the form of a sales conversation. Now, a sales conversation will differ depending on your business model, but traditionally there is two categories of, of asking. One is a one-to-one -one sales conversation, and then the second is a one-to-many offer or ask. And the, the thing to remember is that if you've gotten to a Friday in your business and you haven't asked for money all week, for all intents and purposes, your business was closed for that week in terms of the money making. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, we get really caught up in the doing of things that don't generate money. Um, and this is what I call non-revenue generating activities. So things like uh, updating your website, writing your free gift, redoing your calendar, organizing your business cards, learning, reading, um, all of those things are amazing, but they're not direct revenue generating activities. The most direct revenue generating activities are things like the number one activity is doing a sales conversation. And then the activities that lead to sales conversations are also revenue generating activities. So in my book, the top three um, that I've realized over the years that I've been teaching people are speaking, sponsorships, and webinars. Now, of course, there's learning behind each of those, but those are the things, the three that are going to lead to allow you to be able to ask for people to do sales conversations with you, to be able to get in front of people. Now, if you're, if you're on the call and you're like, well, what are the other revenue generating activities? Um, there's, I actually have a, a gift that I've created called the Money Making Marketing Calendar. And on the calendar, it has all of the revenue generating activities. There's nine of them on there, how frequently you should do them. And there's also a blank calendar for you to be able to create your own schedule with the money-making marketing activities. And, it's, and it also explains each activity for you. Um, and so you can pick that up at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar. And then I believe that the links will also be in the comments. Yes, they definitely will. And I think that's such a great resource too, because like I said before, I think it's just hard to get started and you don't know what you don't know. And so I love that you've got that resource available. And I love that you mentioned all of that about, you know, finding those ways to actually make money and make revenue. And you mentioned that about 
you know, if you're not making money till Friday, your office was closed all week. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. And like you said, all of those other things have their place. You know, we really love to spend time on social media. We really love to update our website and our marketing materials and all of these things and make them look pretty. And we love to do those things that really aren't necessarily making money, like you said. And all of those things have their place. I think they all eventually come together and work for your business and have so much value. But if your main focus is I need to make more money, then you've got to put the focus on making more money. And those things aren't necessarily making you money right off the bat. So I love that you mentioned that and, and kind of broke down a couple of those ideas that are in your, your free gift. And I hope everybody goes and downloads it. Cause I think it's probably a really great resource to go along with this conversation. Yeah. So let's say that the mindset work has been done. Somebody really, you know, revamped that money voice in their head. They're in the right place to start making money. And they really are trying to focus on those revenue making activities in their business. And they feel like they're doing a pretty good job. But a lot of entrepreneurs still struggle with money and especially with having a cash flow. Do you have some tips or some advice on things that they need to look for or things that they may or may not be doing? Why do you think it is that entrepreneurs seem to struggle with actually having a cash flow available when it comes time to? invest in something or purchase something for their business or, you know, really just get to the next level that they want to get to. And what's your advice for that? Yeah, a couple of things. I think the first I want to offer a tactic or uh, an exercise that people can do every day to keep you focused on what's most important. And that's revenue tracking. So what I recommend that you do is you get a piece of paper and you number it one through 31. And 1331 stands for the days of the month. And then every time you bring money in, you put it next to the day of the month. So if it's the fifth of the month and you've brought $500 in, you put $500 next to the number five. If it's the seventh of the month and you've brought in 300, you put 300 next to the number seven. And you add it up as you're going. Now at the top of the tracker, you put a 90 day, a 60 or a 90 day goal for how much revenue you want to be bringing in that, that particular 60 day period or for that 90 day period. And you, what that does, and even on the days that you're bringing zero in, um, you put the zero down. Now, what this does is it keeps you focused on what is most important for your business, which is generating revenue. And if you're somebody like I am, like I love to play a game. I love challenges. I love, and for me, this becomes a game and it becomes a challenge of how am I going to generate revenue tomorrow? How am I going to generate revenue this week? How far off am I from my 90 day goal or my 60 day goal? What creatively can I do in order to hit that? And what that, what it does is it it opens up this pathway of understanding that while you could spend three hours working on a blog post, that's not actually going to help you get your next client or sell your next product. What's going to help you get your next client or sell your next product is you getting out in front of people um, and meeting people that you could have conversations with in order to sell. And a lot of times, 
we get delusional as entrepreneurs about what we need to be doing in our business because we like to stay in our comfort zones of what's really familiar and easy. And what is familiar and easy are things that don't get us out in front of people where we don't have to ask for money. So the revenue tracking reminds you of what the game is. What is the real game that we are playing? Now, I don't want to imply that making money is the only thing or the most important thing because it's about mission and passion and impact. But I do teach something about uh, something called conscious wealth. And that is that I, my my suggestion and my hope for for everybody as an entrepreneur is that we're building wealth consciously so that we can change the planet. Um, and that's and every major movement on the planet requires money. So this revenue tracking is a way for you to be able to focus on generating that revenue and generating more of it so that you can build conscious wealth and become a conscious change maker on the planet. I love this idea of tracking your revenue every day. And I've never really thought about doing that or even heard people talk about doing that, but it makes so much sense because most of the time, you know, we set revenue goals, we set financial goals and people will tell you to kind of check in on how that's going at the end of every quarter or even at the end or beginning of every month but you don't hear a lot about doing it every day. So I love this idea of tracking literally what you made every day. And I think it's okay to say too, that you're not, or you're probably not going to actually make money every single day. You're going to have some zeros on that sheet and that's perfectly okay. You know, I, I think it's fine if you take a day you know, where you're not working in your business or you take a day where you are working in your business, but you're mainly focusing on your marketing and putting out content and all of those things that might eventually drive people to your business. But just to get in that mindset that you were talking about of really keeping revenue at the forefront of your mind. And so I think it's okay to put down those zeros on some days, but know that you've got to make up for that somewhere else. And you've got to make up for that revenue on another day. And just having that at the forefront of your mind, I think is so important. You know, I, a lot of times with small business owners and entrepreneurs, we tend to stress out about every tiny little thing in our business. And, you know, you mentioned this earlier that people forget about what actually makes them money and they're not focused on those revenue generating activities. And so I think this is a really great way to just really put it at the forefront of your mind and really come up with new ways, like you mentioned, to make money. You said for you, it's kind of a game or a challenge of figuring out how you're going to make money tomorrow. And I think that's a really good way to look at it because it makes it a little bit less stressful while still also giving you the opportunity to make more money than you probably ever have in the past. So I love that idea of just tracking it every single day. And it doesn't have to be something that you spend all day stressing about and something that you spend a lot of time on, but it just a quick little tracker to show you where you're at and how you're doing and where you can make up for that. And, you know, from there you can generate ideas on, you know, how to fill in those gaps on the days where you made zero money and what you can do moving forward to make more money and, and how to reach those financial goals that you have. So I just, I love that concept. I think it's really good. Thank you. And I, I, yeah, it just, 
it keeps you focused on what's important. And, and I, and ultimately like, I think a lot of business owners say to me, but Monica, you know, what, what do I need to do for second and third to make money in my business, especially when I'm first starting out. And so much of what happens in your beginning of your business, most of your, if you're just starting out, most of your first 10 clients or products sold are going to come from friends, family, and followers. So there, there is a certain amount of putting yourself out, like you're writing a letter and telling everyone in your family and your, in your community about your business and calling people and talking about your business everywhere you go. So there's a, there's an, a certain amount of creativity that is involved <laughs> in the beginning of your business. And there isn't necessarily uh, you have to do this or you should do that. But what tends to happen is when we're not focused on the revenue and we're not doing something like revenue tracking, you can end up, uh, holding yourself up in your home and, and kind of hoping and praying that the money will come in because you you're not making the connection of when I'm putting myself out there in front of people, both online and offline, that's when the money comes in. And by doing the tracking, you start to make the connection between the activities that are working and the activities that are not working. Right. And I love that. I think the connection is, is the problem. People are forgetting to really look at all of the things that are actually working in their business and all of the things that are not. And a lot of times we get so stuck on, no, this is where I want to focus. This is what I want to do. And, you know, it's kind of like the, the big social media craze right now, everybody's on Instagram. And so it's really easy to say, oh, I want to be on Instagram. I want to grow my Instagram. I want to get more Instagram followers. But if your client is not on Instagram, that's not where you need to be. If the people that you want to work with, if the business that you want to get is not on Instagram, that's not where you need to be. So I think it's just a nice reminder to really keep that connection at the forefront of your mind and say, okay, what's actually working for me and what's working against me and sucking my time out of the day where I'm spending way too much time doing this thing instead of focusing on making money. So I love that idea and that whole concept. Um, absolutely. And it's, it's just important. Nobody's perfect. You know, you're, you're, we're all going to have days when you're making $0 or days when you're unfocused and, and um, I have them too. It's really about awareness and course correcting. Um, and that's what this helps you do. Right. Definitely. We all have days like that, but just acknowledging that and, and knowing how to move forward past it is always, I think so important. So I love that. Well, I think this has been just an awesome conversation. I know you've got tons of amazing resources. So I hope that everybody will go check out your website and follow up on some of these resources that you mentioned and these free gifts, because I think, you know, just having more conversations about money and as entrepreneurs, especially as women, uh, I, I think just being able to openly talk about money and where you're struggling and where you're really excelling and, you know, if you have expertise in making money, being willing to share that with the world like you have, I, I think those are just really awesome things and things that we definitely need to be doing more of. So I love that, you know, you were so willing to just share your expertise and come on here and, and be so open to talk about what has worked for you and, you know, what didn't in the beginning and what your advice is to people who are in these different seasons and spaces where they're really struggling to make money or keep money and have that cash flow available. And I just think it's a great, 
conversation to be having. And I so appreciate your time and your willingness to have it. Uh, but since it's the end of the episode, I always like to do a fun little lightning round with my guests. It's just a fun way to close the show for me. So I'd love to dive into that if you're ready. I'm ready. All right. What does your morning routine look like? It starts with meditation. Um, so I do 15 minutes of meditation or 20. And, uh, and then from there, it varies. Sometimes I will uh, work out. Sometimes I will write in my journal. Um, sometimes I'll play with my cat. <laughs> um, it just depends on what I'm in the mood for for that particular morning. Um, and then from there, I write in my breakthrough planner, my, my uh, journal in the morning where I write what I'm grateful for, what my priority actions for the day, and then I get started until work. I love that. That's a great routine. And I love that you have a fur baby involved. I have a dog, so <laughs> I totally understand that. He's a huge part of my my morning routine for sure. Yeah. He, my cat is like my favorite, one of my favorite things in the whole world. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. What is the last book that you read? Oh, that's a great question. What is the last book that I read? Um, so uh, the last business book I read is um, Atomic Habits by James, I think it's James Clear. And that. it is a fame. I mean, it's a fantastic read. For, I think everybody um, who's an entrepreneur, if you have any struggle at all with keeping to a structure or discipline, um, it's a great read. He's just everything. It's a real, even though it's a thick book, it's a page turner um, just because he's so good at explaining why things happen and, and how to create better habits. That's awesome. I love Atomic Habits. It's one of my favorites. So I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't read it. So I love that you just finished that. That's awesome. What is one recommendation that you love to share with everybody? So this can be like a product or a service that you love to use. It can be something you have in your home or that you use for your business, but just something that you think everybody has to have. Something that I recommend all the time is uh, to music service and it's called Focus at Will and it's at focusatwill.com and it's music, like focus music. Some of it has binaural beats underneath it and some of it doesn't, but it's like seven different channels. So you can pick the kind of music that you want to listen to. And I find, and it's time. So it'll time like a 30 minute session of music. And I just find, especially if I'm trying to work like on a Saturday morning or in an evening where I don't want to be working <laughs> during that time. Um, it really has been something I've used for years. I have a lifetime membership to help me stay focused. And not only that, to like help me get into it. Like it eases you into that focus period so that by the time you get through your first session, you feel more ready and willing to move forward. I love that. That's so cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. I've never heard of that before, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's uh, I, I recommend it to everybody, especially if you get easily distracted. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> Which we all do at some point. So such a good recommendation. All right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Wow. Um, that I have ever been given. I think that's a hard question. But what came to mind when you said that was when I first started in my business, um, a woman 
came up to me and, or we were to, I went to her and she was a very successful uh, businesswoman. And I had just, was just starting and had a ton of free time and was really anxious about the fact that I didn't have enough clients. And she said, you know, everything's a trade-off. In the beginning of your business, you have more time than money. There will come a time in your business where you have more money than time. And ultimately, one of the best gifts that you can give yourself is to enjoy every cycle that you're in. Because I definitely have more money than time at this point, but I look back to those days when I had whole afternoons free and I had the ability to be able to do things, you know, in a different way. And I really enjoyed those times. And so it just, it's always stayed present in my mind of wherever you are to try to enjoy the cycle that you're in, the phase of business that you're in, instead of always trying to rush to the next phase of business, because there's always a silver lining. There's always pieces of the phase of business that you're in now that are really amazing, that when you get to the next phase, it may shift. And there may be other amazing things, but it's about really seeing the amazingness of where you are now. I love that. I think that's so awesome. Just because, you know, we all do that where we have those things that we don't necessarily appreciate and we don't realize how much we love them or how special they are or how much we'll miss them when they're gone. And then you get to that sort of next level that you've wanted for so long. And it's got so many amazing things about it, but things do tend to move and transition and you might lose some of those aspects of your business or things you used to be able to do that you don't have time or space or money for anymore. So I, I love that concept of just, you know, really being grateful for where you're at right now and just appreciating everything that you've got around you. That's such good advice. Yeah. It's something I live by now or I try to remember, <laughs> especially when I get impatient. Yes. I love it. Well, last thing, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website and your social and where do you want them to go follow along? Sure. So, uh, the first place to find me is, uh, in our Facebook group, uh, because I, we, we have a pretty active Facebook group where I put two videos a week and answer a ton of questions about business and, um, about money. Uh, and you can find that at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash FB group or Facebook group, revenuebreakthrough.com front slash FB group. And that would be an amazing place to get started with our community. We have over a thousand members in there. Um, and uh, the second place is to follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm at Monica Shaw on Instagram uh, as well, because I put a bunch of um, helpful tips on there as well. And to not forget to sign up for, to receive the free gift the money-making marketing calendar. And that's at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash marketing calendar. And if you do need support and help in your business, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us at, at support at revenuebreakthrough.com. Awesome. And we will definitely link that free gift in the show notes. So you guys can check it out there and go follow along with Monica and all the amazing things that she is doing and has available for you because her advice is invaluable. So Monica, thank you so much, like I said before, for just coming on and being so willing to share and for giving us a little bit of your time. I really, truly believe that this hits somebody 
right where they needed it today and that they are going to be definitely focusing more on their revenue goals and all of those things that you mentioned to help them achieve that. So I just appreciate you and your advice so much. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure and a joy to speak to you. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.